This week's podcast brought to you by Vibes. I was folding laundry the other night, and one of our three girls came in and uh, watched me. And as I was folding a fuchsia bathrobe along with uh, various other towels, bedsheets, and T-shirts, she said to me, and she wasn't wrong, Oh, did you do a load of pinks? you want to introduce our guest? Are we? I think he's a man who needs no introduction. That's true, but he hasn't been here in a while, so perhaps we should still introduce him. Producer Denny Gallagher is in the basement. A familiar face? Well, a familiar voice anyway. Not a familiar hairdo. No. It's different from last we saw. Pre-pandemic. We we haven't seen you since uh, prior to COVID-19, the pandemic. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. And he, he set us up with all kinds of new technology. We're, we're, uh, Which inevitably means when he's no longer in basement. We won't know how to set it up. <laughs> we won't know how to. I, I already had my phone out. I felt I felt like a um, like a parent who takes pictures. Anytime you set something up for them, they take pictures of the wires and stuff. That's what I was doing. I was taking pictures of the settings. Like when Golik changed their filters, you took video so yeah. that you would know how to do it again. And I have since watched that video multiple times right before changing the filter. So... It's a helpful tool. And then you and Denny were talking shop. You were asking if the mix-minus levels, the mix-minus ratio, I, I, I don't know what that is, but you did say, you did mention, Rebecca, that you have a different mix-minus than Ryan Rucco does on on your basketball broadcasts. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be describing it perfectly, but when we're in an arena, or actually even when we're home, we have mix-minus, and it's a little knob you can turn, and it bumps up the uh, in-arena audio, all the sounds, or it turns them down a little bit. And I like when I'm in the arena to have those turned up a little bit so I can hear the crowd and hear everything that's going on around me. Because even though it's going on around me, I have headphones on, so it's kind of taking out the natural sound. Whereas Ryan, because he doesn't want to strain his voice, if those are, are louder, then he feels like he has to be louder, so he has those turned down. It's all like the dumb stuff. And, and if, 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 it's, if it's off, if it's not right, if, if you hear an echo in your headset, all these things that our wonderful audio people at ESPN um, are able to fix. But like when we're in basement, we have no idea. Well, then he promises me that I, uh, that my microphone levels are such that I can speak like in whispers like Jim Nance at the Masters, in Denny's words. And, and my voice will still be rich, full, and, and uh, an audiophile stream. So I'm, I'm going to uh, – how about I do this entire podcast whispering? I don't know whispering. that he said it would be an audiophile no, stream. No, I, I said that. Oh. Uh, but, uh, you know uh, – Mark O'Meara with a nine-footer. Well, you don't have to. For the Masters. You don't have to do golf play-by-play. You can just okay. do podcast okay. content, well, but I'll with d- the, the Jim Nance vibe. I'll just speak in my normal voice and, and trust, Denny, that, that this will all sound good. Because my normal voice doesn't sound good. So if it's going to sound good, it'll be up to Denny. I just use the word vibe. D- Denny, I've noticed that a lot of people your age and younger use vibe for everything. Oh, this restaurant has a good vibe. All oh, that, you know. This area has a good vibe. That has a good vibe. Like, you using the word vibe a lot these days? It's funny because I feel like a lot of people are like, it's a vibe, which I don't know when it is became I-S-S-A. You know, kind of for the, uh, I know there's a lot of grammar people that love this podcast. It's probably the official podcast of grammar of note, I'd say. And grandmothers. <laughs> yes, that too. That too. Shout out to Florida, still coming strong for us, by the way. Grammar Grandmas is, I think, our our key demo. <laughs> I wonder if the grandmas who are listening feel like it's a vibe when they when they listen to our podcast. Oh, hundred percent. You know, they're at their uh, where do grandmothers work out? Planet Fitness. <laughs> I don't know. Do grandmothers work out? Grandmothers work out in their garden. You know, I'll get to that life. You have you have you have an life. antiquated idea of grandmas from tv shows of our childhood where they all had like gray wigs and granny glasses right round granny glasses i think uh grandmas particularly in their 60s and 70s now are probably working out in the same ways that that you do rebecca yeah or they're at the ymca they're doing their thing probably um or or some of them i'm sure are doing water aerobics at del boca vista (laughs) but not all of them certainly not and there's nothing wrong with that either i i aspire to that all right so it, this past week one morning i woke up and i had a text from a number i didn't recognize a 401 area code which i later learned after i googled it 
is Rhode Island. And my text, the text came in at 2.38 a.m. And this is what the text said. When you come over, bring more booze. <laughs> so I was just wondering, like... B-O-O-Z-E, like liquor, or B-O-O-S, like, you know, your booze. <laughs> or both, perhaps. It was a B-O-O-Z-E. So I'm wondering, you know, what kind of party that was. They needed more booze at 2.30 in the morning. How disappointed were they when the person who was supposed to get that text, assuming it wasn't supposed to come to me, how disappointed the, the hosts of the party were when that person arrived and didn't have booze because they never got the text. Um, I was just like in my brain as I as the first text I saw in the morning was, what's the story behind this poor fool texting me at 2.30 in the morning well, to bring uh, more booze? Now it can be revealed that I accidentally sent that from my burner. <laughs> It wasn't for you. <laughs> Your burner is a uh, is a Rhode Island number. It is. So, Denny, when's the last time you sent a text that was at, at three in the morning? Oh Jesus! Um, no, just kidding. It's been a while. I'm a happily committed person, going on three years now, which is probably about the last time I, I was in basement. All this was still very much up in the air, but uh, kind of want to turn the tables on you guys. Who in your contact list that you know is most likely to send you a 2.30 in the morning text when you come bring more booze? Rebecca? I don't have anyone in my text who, contact list who would intentionally send that, but there's probably enough people I know who live on the West Coast who could accidentally send that to me because it's, you know, whatever well, time out When you there. said you got a text from a number you didn't recognize... I just saw a headline this morning. There was a guy, I think, in Colorado who uh, had to be professionally rescued, lost on a hike for, I think, more than a day. And uh, rescuers kept calling him, but he wasn't answering because he didn't recognize the number. Seriously? Yes. He he was in need of rescue. I didn't read the story. I just saw the headline and the subheadline, and I believe the Washington Post. Yes. Well, maybe it was because but, his he was the battery life at that well, point is uh, precious. I'm sure that's why. And and you would hate with precious battery life to answer the phone and have it say, "This is CVS. Your prescription is ready." That would that would make me angry. Did they ever try texting his number and saying, "You up? Were the, yeah, were the right. emergency services respond?" I, I, I don't know. Um, I would have to read the story and 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 I'm I don't feel like doing that right now. All right, I've got another question for you. At a volleyball match yesterday, and uh, the other team was really, really good. And um, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch high school girls volleyball. But a parent and I were having a conversation because there was a healthy parent section there, but there and there was also a healthy student section. And um, at one point, somebody on the team, beautiful spike um, for what, a point. Was there a section for unhealthy parents? <laughs> <laughs> and did you sit in it? No, no. And a uh, nice spike for a point. Parents cheer and... Uh, Somebody in the parents section yells, boom. And I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know what, that would be completely appropriate for the student section for somebody to yell, boom, when a kid spikes the ball. But I didn't think it was an appropriate response from the parent section, from a parent. It's sort of a taunting be response. Because it isn't. Okay. So, okay, that's all I wanted to make sure, that I wasn't, like, losing my mind. That I mean, there's not, there's not a lot of rules to remember as a parent at a sporting event, but uh, no onomatopoeia is, is a good one, I think. What is this? Uh, Batman? Batman? Pow? Did they yell pow? Did they yell bam? Splat? No, he didn't. I don't think he yelled any of those, but I had to leave early. So so he may have? He may, he may have. have. He may have yelled zowie at some point? <laughs> pow? Splat would have been a good one, actually. There were a few splats that were happening. They were a talented you, team. Next time that happens, mm -hmm. start yelling back other inane onomatopoeias. <laughs> Bang! Kaplooey! <laughs> Pacu! Can you imagine? Can you imagine our daughter's I, I, face if, if one of us was yelling those things back at the other parent section? Well, I mean, it, it should be no more embarrassing than, than having the guy yelling boom to begin with, right? Yeah. I, I say guy. It, it could have been a mom. It was not. Because I was at a, at a youth basketball game recently where a mother holding a big steaming cup of joe at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning was standing on the sideline yelling, fighter, fighter. And well, I don't think she literally wanted like her daughter words, to like two words: fight her. Fight her. I, I don't know what she was driving at, but uh, but uh, maybe she should try decaf. So you uh, 
That wasn't the Sunday morning vibe you were looking for? I wasn't vibing. I don't know that they use it that way. Feels like we just left the WNBA season and boom, the college season is here. It's, it's, a, it's upon us. So the games haven't started yet, but there's been media days. I missed most of the conference media days because it was during WNBA playoffs. So SEC has a media day. Pac-12 has a media day. Pac-12 media day, by the way, Denny, is the best media day to go to. And this is the reason why. Vegas? No. Oh, I, I, no, that would put it at the bottom of the list. I, I'm not a Vegas person. It's in San Francisco at the Pac-12 headquarters. You go, you meet um, with you know a couple representatives from all the teams. The players are great. The facilities are great. And then in the evening, you go out to dinner because everybody, if they're going back home somewhere else, they're on a red eye. So you have time. So you go out with the commissioner, all the coaches, and then media members. And it's just really nice. You get a chance to interact with, um, with the coaches uh, in a different social setting. And then every year, they give you a great gift. One year it was an iPad. One year it was... Um, this year it was probably like an Apple Watch. Like they always give you a really sweet media gift. And um, it's one of the reasons I, I enjoy Pac-12 Media Day. Anyway, missed all the media days this year, including Pac-12 Media Day. But tomorrow, as we record this, I get to go up to stores, get to go to UConn. Um, and we're kind of doing a me- uh, sort of a media day there. They already had their Big East Media Day, but I'll get a chance to see the players, get a chance to talk to Coach Orama and interview him. And um, I think the last time I was there um, to interview players was the day that everything shut down. I was interviewing Coach Oriama, socially distanced, but people weren't wearing masks yet. And that night, the NBA shut down. And then the next day, like the NCAA, everything shut down as well. So that was the last time I was up there. So this time, at least there's a, we're looking forward. At least this time, there'll be a vibe. Yes, there could be. There, 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 there could be. So uh, it's exciting. Women's college seasons are upon us. There's a lot of teams um, who are returning almost all of their starters from a year ago, and it's going to be a really competitive and fun season. You will remove your shoes and your ma- – you'll leave on your mask and, and remove your shoes when interviewing Gino tomorrow. <laughs> we'll be seated. You'll but, be yes, seated. If we, I'll, I'll be standing when I interview the players. But you, you, uh, I believe I'll be seated when I'm interviewing Coach. Or, yes, he would make – make me remove heels if I was wearing my heels. But he, he doesn't make you sit in a like soft, the stool legs or anything? <laughs> no, because we're both not in the same shot. But when you did Letterman years ago, you were in a, in a chair much lower than Dave's, weren't you? Well, but yeah, but everybody was in the chair. No, of much course, lower everybody's in the chair much lower than Dave's. Yeah, it's it's the way they do it. I mean, if I ever had like a big office and a, and a, and a desk by power dynamic, I'd, I'd, I'd make sure that, you know, the People had to sit on like a like a, a child's elementary school <laughs> like library chair. Yeah. Well, years ago, I was interviewed by John Stewart, and the same thing. He was like behind this big desk, and I believe somehow we were looking eye to eye. Though he's a foot shorter than you. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's the power of television, yeah. the magic of make believe. I got a question. I don't know if this goes under bringing back the curiosity shop. Which apologies, you know, a pandemic happened. I was going to say, did that go under with all the other mom and pop shops he just be- yes, during yes, the pandemic? He became incurious. He, he, um, I mean, or maybe my curiosities were satisfied, Steve. You don't know this. That's true. That, that's a good point. But you're right. You should have, he should have taken a PPP. Is that what it was called? The small business loan for the curiosity show? PPE. But anyway, my question. So, and I'm shocked that this didn't come up on the pod. So a couple of weeks ago, Letterman was at Brooklyn Nets Media Day. And we didn't get any comment from the peanut gallery on, you know, on Letterman's first post-game performance. And I thought, seeming as you've been through the ringer with these, on a scale one to ten, how was David Letterman interviewing Kevin Durant? Reminding me of like Super Bowl media days where they have the kid from, you know, Time Magazine for Kids to ask a question, or they have the the lady from, you know. Uh, I don't uh, non-journalists, in other words, um, asking questions, and the players always like that better. And and the media, the the press hate it. The 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 sports writers on deadline and the people who have one chance to get uh, something out of Kevin Durant for their various season-long profiles. Uh, and then, but as I remember, Dave wasn't he wasn't he was posing as somebody else, like as a dumb guy or something, asking. Uh, why they call him KD was that one of the questions yeah, 
if I were there on deadline, I'd, I'd probably have not been uh, as as uh, filled with glee, perhaps as uh, as I would have been otherwise. You know, one of the things I think uh, players probably haven't missed, and I'm sure Rebecca, you can answer this: when someone is interviewing you, and you're at, you know you've just given your all out on the court, and they come in with the how much fun are you having out there? How much does that get under your skin? You know, it was interesting because it's been a long time since I've been in that uh, kind of world. But how all of the interviews for the past year and a half have happened over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And um, so all, you know, and, and then they're all recorded, which is great because in a normal year, if I'm covering the WNBA, I can't be at Minnesota's practices and, and their open media sessions and LA's and wherever, but you can do it virtually. You can watch the recordings afterward or you can participate in them live. But then you also get people like who ask these ridiculous questions and, and, and sometimes you're like, wait, who was that? What outlet are they from? But it was interesting, see, when you were talking about, you know, sometimes you get kid reporters or whatever. There's a, um, a little girl named Pepper Pursley. And I shouldn't have singled out kid reporters. They, they're they great. They're aspiring reporters or whatever. I, I, I mean, when they have like, you know, the somebody's promoting their right. sitcom or, right. you know, well, th- guy this- in a, a guy in a lizard costume, that kind of stuff. Pepper is, um, is I think, 10. She might be 11 now. She's a kid journalist who covers WNBA and covers women's college basketball. She's phenomenal. She gets on and she's got, you know, she's just a, a bright ball of energy anyway. But she asks really good questions. And, and the players have gotten to know her because she's um, been doing this for a while. And, uh, and even after a game, a team's lost and players are at the you know podium, even though it's a, a virtual Zoom press conference and they're kind of hunched over and then pepper will ask her question and all the players like to a person are like oh hey pepper it's good to have you like it's just it's it's really nice different energy that you get from her and the players completely respect her because she asks really good and smart questions she was at a uh, gotham fc game that i was at a couple weeks ago you know i've been to a bunch of games since they moved up to red bull arena and it was for a kid reporter so it was the game after uh, Gotham FC's coach just left in the middle of the season to go to the new LA team, right? Her last game in, in charge, no sideline reporter. The team didn't acknowledge it. This little girl has a, has the audacity to be like, you know, it's the last game of her coach. What do you think? Like no journalists were asking this question. Pepper steps right up and just serves it up. It was wonderful. Why, do, why don't we have a kid reporter on the ball and chain? <laughs> I don't know. We've got our kid listener who listens from the back of the car. She could become a kid reporter for us. I like that. I think. I think. I mean, it's. It's. I mean, it, it would be a, a, a. We'd put her to work. She'd have to travel and, you know, do real reporting. Right. What break would, stories. But like, would she be a news reporter, a sports? Yeah, reporter? I, th- I think. I think a news reporter with like a clattering typewriter. Denny would have to provide the the sort of theme. But I, just, I picture a ten ten wins. You give us twenty two minutes, we'll give you the world. And then ten ten news time is. 8-11, and I, now our kid reporter is, and I'd then we go to her, and she like, give us traffic and weather on the tents. If she's out, like, at dinner with her parents when that world is, is back, um, she could just see a couple, you know, oh, they look like they've been married for a while, and just send her over. Can I ask you a few questions? How are, how are you know, how do you guys cut cut up, uh, cut the crust off your bread? Oh, and, man. yeah, like, it could be that kind of reporter who really delves into the meat and potatoes but, but, but of del- what makes our meat pot and potatoes our pot. Of, of, of middle-aged Married yes. life? Yeah, that would be the beauty of it. You like have a kid asking questions of middle-aged people about middle-aged married life. What do you think? I I I, I think it's it's uh, maybe the worst idea I've ever <laughs> Terrible heard. Terrible idea. <laughs> Fair enough. But I, I do like the uh, the kid reporter bit of it. Okay. You know. Well, we'll 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 keep working on this. Yeah, yeah. I, even if even if even if we just have a middle-aged actor portraying a kid reporter. <laughs> Hey, Denny, I understand you're living a Billy Joel song or, or a couple of Billy Joel songs. You're saying, who needs a house out in Hackensack? You've bought a ticket to the West Coast. You're going to give them the stand-up routine in L.A. Do I have this correct? You're leaving New Jersey on a, on a Western road swing? Are you guys, when, when are you, you say you're going to go on a road trip from New York, from New Jersey. From New Jersey to L.A. To L.A. Have you mapped out this road trip? Like how many days are you allotting for your trip? Are you going to do any sightseeing on the way? Is it just going to be? Is it in the mini? 
yeah we, we're hopping in the mini go, going cross country route 66 maybe who knows so but there's nowhere to put stuff you can't can, can you pull like a u-haul in a mini well no so here's what we're doing we're furnished apartment not 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 messing around with furniture right this isn't a road trip across the country. This is a permanent move across the country. This is a, you know, let's 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 keep it permanent, Jace. If we had a kid reporter, yeah, we we we'd gotten to the bottom of this. Kid reporter, and you oh, can gosh. um, you can ask Denny the particulars about his and road trip. I want trip. you to identify your affiliation to that. Okay, I'm uh, Skippy, <laughs> with the Ball and Chain Podcast. Are, are you moving from New Jersey to Los Angeles? Yes. Is this a permanent move? Maybe we should teach our kid reporter not to ask questions that Better can be answered open-ended, in open-ended yeah, questions. No, no yes. more open-ended questions, kid reporter. Yeah. Uh, why are you moving across the country and in uh, and, and just one at a time? Yeah. Just why are you moving yeah. across the country? Why are you moving across the country? You know, I've always wanted to live out there, and you know, sometimes you just gotta take a chance on yourself in life. And also, I don't know, this probably hasn't been ball and chain public knowledge, so I should probably try to manifest it into the universe. I've been trying to make a movie, wrote a movie, started this in college. Uh, we've gotten decently down the uh, down the avenue here and, uh, you know, met a lot of great people in the film community in New York and uh, New Jersey. But yeah, just uh, feel like I'd be better served trying to do this along with all the other stuff I do out there. You have a furnished apartment. I do. It's it's all set. It's all set. I'm not, not going to ask for the address, but is is Ralph Furley or Mr. Roper your landlord by any chance? Okay, oh, that's okay. a. Th- thank God there's Netflix documentaries, or I would not have gotten gotten the reference. But no, <laughs> it would really be lost on our kid reporter. But um, <laughs> right, to well, reference I'm, just, the I'm impressed company. that our kid reporter <laughs> yes. has that kind of yeah, historic knowledge. The the, of uh, pop the sweet uh, apartment in Santa Monica. Um, well, that's exciting, right? Yeah, I hope so. It's scary, though. Not for me, it isn't. I'm not <laughs> going. It's For me, it's just exciting. You mentioned having written a movie. Um, that explains Los Angeles. I was going to say there, there's all kinds of great places in between New Jersey and California, but but you're kind of a coastal elite, so I, I, I get it. I mean, we've got to keep up the appearance of the podcast. I'm doing this for the podcast. Well, you'll be, <laughs> you'll be editing the, uh, and producing the podcast uh, three hours earlier now. That's right. So if it starts coming out at 3 a.m. Eastern time as compared to midnight Eastern time, then you'll know why. Well, I, I, and I, I think I can, I can announce this, make this exciting announcement for the podcast, Rebecca. Denny doesn't even know about Denny doesn't. No, not, no. no. <laughs> On the contrary, you've been given new responsibilities. On his cross-country drive, his whistle-stop tour of the United States, Denny is going to stop and meet as many ball and chain listeners as he possibly can. So uh, we should make a map, and uh, you That's can visit. That's how you determine. You can visit. How you're getting from coast to coast. All 48 contiguous states. He'll definitely go through the Atlanta area to see uh, DGS. He, he should. Oh well, yeah. Skip to. up to Columbus to uh, to pick up a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> I can see this. I, I, I see this as a documentary, Denny. You can deliver the finished product when you when you land in Los Angeles. That's right. See Rachel in Wyoming. I mean, it's it'll be a little bit of a zigzag, but um, I think you can get it done. But but if you're going to see Rachel in Wyoming, you better stop in Idaho and let, inform her that she'll be meeting her <laughs> oh, in Wyoming. I'm sorry. Well, can't she also drive overnight to Chicago to meet me? That'd make the Columbus to uh, everything a little bit easier. Well, I think I think we'll stay in basement while you do this, Denny. <laughs> But it sounds like a worthwhile expedition. Denny, Denny across America, man. That's right. I'm going to be like uh, like Forrest Gump out here. He'll be stopping at, at as many Denny's with two N's as he can to interview uh, podcast That's listeners. Right. This will never happen, but but in my mind, it's it's already happening. And also, I feel like our listeners deserve this because they've been dancing around the meetup for a while. Now that I get a chance to turn the tables in basement, when is this meetup happening? I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to put this thing on for you guys. If it involves me setting something up, never. Well, we were really thinking about having yeah. an anniversary podcast, or was it a hundredth episode or something? And then COVID happened. So, um, we I think we will plan this once we've got a clearer picture. And that's how you do a press conference, right there. That's a pro answer. Yeah, she she said nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in 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 like succinctly. But I said nothing succinctly. Right. Well, that's why that's why we need a kid reporter. We need a we need an in-house kid ombudsman 
We talked about having an ombudsman. We had. We need somebody to ask tough questions in house, right? In basement. In basement. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Well, all kinds of exciting new things, but but this technology that uh, this is kind of turning into podcast news. But this this technology that Denny has blessed us with today, um, perhaps will allow us in the not distant future to. Have guests. Have guests who aren't in basement, who are out of basement, Mm -hmm. right? It will. It'll not only allow us when I'm on the road to still do a podcast like together, but it'll allow us more importantly to have guests join us remotely, which will obviously be a uh, a positive thing. And and it's appropriate that guests would be joining us remotely because. Uh, there's a remote chance that any guests will want to <laughs> to join us. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Well, Rebecca, we need a we need a kid reporter. We need a an in-house ombudsman. We need a a a booking person, right? Yes. We need all of those things, and the way we sell it is by explaining to them the incredible vibe. Shall we get to viewer mail? Yeah, let's get to viewer mail. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Rebecca and wait, Steve. Wait, wait. Remember, read them slowly. This will be a good chance. Can you read this one slowly in your Jim, Jim Nance voice? Uh, well, this is a long one, but uh, oh. I'll, let, we'll let's choose let's one of them. Do. Hello, friends. Oh, that's Jim Nance. This is not uh, Kathy from Torrington, our resident psychiatric nurse. Is, is writing this one. Okay. Would you like me to read Kathy's email in Jim Nance's voice? I can't do a good Jim Nance, so I'll just read it. And I can't do a good Kathy, so I'll just read it in my voice. Okay? okay. Rebecca and Steve, and I'm sure she would have included Denny had she known he was in basement. One, as your resident psychiatric nurse, I think a ball and chain resident gathering at the Final Four in Minnesota would be amazing. What a great idea. I purchased our tickets on Tuesday, booked our flights, and rented the house. Then it sounds like we would have a venue. <laughs> wow. Forget, She's ready to go. Forget Airbnb. Airbnb. Mm. Huh? Huh? Well done there. I think that's a, 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 one of the uh, ancillary, one of the side hustles that Denny's, Denny's going to work on, monetizing. My group, which has been as many as 17, has attended the Women's Final Four every year since Cleveland in 2007. I was at that Final Four, as, was our three-year-old and our, as were our three-year-old and our one-year-old. Yes. This year, unfortunately, we only have eight attending. One of my friends has a wedding to attend. I know who would get married on Final Four weekend. We got married a week Master's after Final Four weekend. weekend, didn't we? Yes, which yeah. is the week after the Final Four. And others are letting their lives interfere with women's basketball priorities, people. Listen to the psych nurse and focus on yourself. We are renting a rather large house and have plenty of room for the Russian family. Sans Rebecca, of course, if you decide you don't want to stay with relatives. Well, I know that I wouldn't want to stay with relatives. I know that going in. You would rather stay with a relative stranger. Yeah. <laughs> there are seven women from, from their 20s to their 60s and my son, our token male, who is in the Air Force and almost always finds his way to the Final Four location to hang out with family and friends and watch women's basketball. If I know anything about being a token male, Rebecca, if I know anything, it's about being a token that male. That is true, yes. Uh, T-O-K-I-N apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> what would it be if it was J-R-R? J-R-R. Tolkien. Oh, a Tolkien male, yes. Yes. Tolkien male. M-A-I-L. Right. We've gotten too far away now. Let's, uh, let's rein it back in. We have so much fun playing cards, board games, and with overall shenanigans. This sounds fun. Doesn't it, Rebecca? It does. You think you're going to take her up on the offer to stay oh, at the rented house? Uh, maybe just to, just to play some board games and participate in shenanigans. Yeah, you don't have to stay there. You could just go over right. and shenanigans. Play Parcheesi mm-hmm. and, and get out of there. The basketball is great, but we have such a good time at the house with each other. I'm looking forward to April in Minnesota, and I think a resident gathering would only add to the fun. I agree. I just think it might be a logistical challenge, but... Might be. But um, that's what Denny's for. That's right. Two, Rebecca, you are amazing. I love to listen to your broadcast games. Your enthusiasm. Should we skip this one? No, okay. I want to hear more. Rebecca, you are amazing. I love to listen to you broadcast games. Your enthusiasm just adds so much excitement to an already thrilling game. Steve will be lucky to have you give his eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, you have no idea how much I look forward to it. Should I uh, record a eulogy for you in the unfortunate circumstance that I go first? No, then at I, least I can still do your eulogy, even if I'm 
already where you're hoping to go? If, God forbid, I ever had to deliver your eulogy, I would do it in my rapid-fire viewer mail No, no, voice. I wouldn't want you to do mine. Oh. But obviously, oh. I need to do yours. So if I went first, should I record it just in case? Like, I know how they write people's obituaries ahead of time. I could do your eulogy ahead of time. We can put it in the can, as they say. And then show can, it in the unfortunate case that that happened. If, if you should pass first, we could put your eulogy in the can. If I go first, you've been instructed to put me in a can, right. in the Pringles can. That's right. The short stack, sour cream and onion. Yes. Um, if anybody saw the first, the premiere episode of the of, of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Albert Brooks holds a funeral for himself and then watches from on a monitor. The people who from are attending somewhere else in his yeah, house. The people who are attending know that he's still alive, but he just wants to see what they would say about him at his own funeral. Right. Perhaps we could we could do that. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Kathy. Uh, I'm sure you will read it with just as much enthusiasm as announcing a game. Well, I'm sure she'd read it with more I'll, enthusiasm. I'll, I'll make sure the mix minus is yes. just right so that I can uh, uh, I can overcome the crowd noise if it can be arranged. If he's not on assignment, maybe Ryan could could do half of it and you could do that you could you we could, could call yeah. your eulogy absolutely or we could like do it live your you i guess that would be the wake not the funeral or it would be the funeral we could we could do a play-by-play and color commentary of the actual funeral uh, i've been a rebecca lobo fan since back in your yukon days and you continue to impress me writes kathy three steve you're not bad either i love your sense of humor you remind me so much of my father with the exception of the dead part <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kathy. Though, though, Kathy adds, that can be arranged. No, she doesn't add that. No. I don't want to get her in trouble with the law. Your wealth of useless knowledge amazes me, and your dry sense of humor makes me laugh frequently. Well, thank you, Kathy, for recognizing my wealth of useless knowledge. <laughs> Speaking of useless knowledge, in the shower yesterday, I thought of a jingle that I, I haven't thought of since it originally aired 40 years ago. I was in the shower. My head is empty as it can possibly be. And into my head popped the the a jingle for FM 103 in the Twin Cities from, say, 40 years ago. And it went, there's a feeling in the cities the way your day is spent. You're living your given life 103%. So you listen to the music, and the music sets you free. 103% music, FM 103, the CCO FM. That's a pretty elaborate jingle. To it was a remember. great jingle, a, a catchy tune, and haven't thought about it. In decades, what and then made it suddenly. You think about it at that moment. I, I have no idea. That's how the human brain works, apparently. But I have to in tell its, you, in its, in its in its declining stages. But I have to tell you, like three times, um, you it, you have to pick up the kids at this time today, and then it, I'll be walking it, out the door. Wait, wait, what what time did you say? It came but back this to me. Stuff happens in its entirety. The tune as well, but I, I'm not going to sing it here. And and it, it's it's bizarre. Four and final four. Women's basketball is such an impressive entity. As a birthday gift three years ago, I purchased season tickets for my then nine-year-old granddaughter for Connecticut Sun. Because it's over an hour from their house, they're unable to make every game, but the low price of the season tickets make it well worth the purchase. She enjoys going to the games, not just for the game itself. She's been able to meet many of the players, including her favorite, Morgan Tuck. She hasn't gotten autographs from many former UConn players when they come to Connecticut to play. Uh, she, she has or hasn't? Hasn't. It's... It's great how the player. Well, maybe she meant has. I don't know because she says it's great how the players make themselves available to the kids that come down near the court to get autographs. So she must mean has. It's so important for our youth to have these positive role models. My granddaughter is now twelve, has met many of the players several times, and loves her Connecticut Sun team. She's looking forward to UConn women's basketball and going to games with Grandma when she can. A, a, a grammar Grandma, I hope. You know, it's kind of cool. Yesterday when I was at that. Pow, or whatever yeah. it was, volleyball game. Boom. boom. The boom volleyball game. Before the game, I was sitting in the bleachers, and a parent came over, and she showed me a picture on her phone, and it was of her daughter, who is now a player for the other team, when she was, I don't know, maybe sixth grade, with a little, like, doll wearing a Yukon number 50 jersey. And she's like, my daughter had to do a report on a, you know, I don't know if it was Women's History Month or what. She's like, and, and this is, you know, I wanted to show it to you. And, um, like, when I was a kid, you know, if you were going to do a Women's History Month or something, there wasn't a uh, athlete that you were well aware of that you could do something like that on. So, um, so to, to her point, it is pretty amazing that you have all of these now high-profile um, women, female athletes, whether it's WNBA or college basketball or whatever the sport might be, where like a little kid can go down and, and get their autograph. It's cool. 
and uh, uh, Kathy and her granddaughter have a WNBA draft party in April. Five, Steve, several podcasts ago, you attempted to steal Joe Fury's weatherman name, but Rebecca was not having it. I think the perfect weatherman name for you is Sunshine Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, Rebecca? Come on. I think it's perfect. I think this is where if Denny were in New Jersey and not in the basement, he would be be, uh, uh, threading... Donovan's Sunshine Superman into the uh, into the podcast here, but Sunshine Steve, I like it, especially as it as it rains. I think for twenty four consecutive hours here in Connecticut as we record this, it's yeah. been raining for about twelve hours. It's raining a lot. Our soccer practices were Sunshine canceled yesterday. Steve. Sunshine Steve. Of all the things I've called you in my head, um, but not out loud <laughs> over the years, Sunshine Steve is not one of them. I'm sure, the sun was involved though. Yeah, it might have been. Well, uh, Kathy, thank you for recognizing my uh, my solar power <laughs> lord's new hit song that we've listened to in the driveway uh listen to the car that's kathy from Tor- kathy writes thank you so much for your weekly podcast it puts a smile on my face during my commute to work kathy from torrington your resident psychiatric nurse kathy thank you ralph in maryland writes hi Restiva. of all the venues i've been to in person the gamble pavilion is the best great sight line great sight lines and thoughtful design of the upper and lower bowl walkway allow for an unobstructed view from the upper bowl rebecca an unobstructed view from the upper bowl is what you had in chicago calling it wnba game <laughs> right. this year right yeah. um but gamble is a nice intimate venue right oh i love it it's terrific did i tell you a couple of years ago when i was calling a game at gamble and a guy came over and he said i am so and so gampel my father is Harry A. Gamble, that or that this is named after. And I, I did I tell this story, Denny, on the I don't pod? Think so, no. so I said to him, um, "Then why don't we call it Gampel Pavilion?" And he said, "Well, because he went by Gamble, but his son, I believe it was his son, or maybe it was his brother, went by Gampel. So all the other ones in the family went by Gampel, but he was Gamble. So." It's called Gample Pavilion and not Gampel Pavilion. We have a, a, a model of Gample Pavilion here in basement. We do. You can take the little you can, lid you can off of the it. the domed and yeah, roof and look, look and peer inside. Yes. It's what I like to call a small Gample size. <laughs> that See, also Dennis, has Dennis an, that that also even has worth an unobstructed view it does, from the uh, uh, Now that UConn is back in, in the Big East, writes Ralph, I can get back to the McDonough Arena and the whatever-it-is-now pavilion at Villanova. It will not be the same without Harry. In the early years of the WNBA, I thought that the best NCAA programs could stay on the same court with a lot of the WNBA teams. That is not the case now. I was just having this conversation with really? someone recently. With, with Ralph in Maryland? Not with Ralph in Maryland, but just, why, you know, Women's college basketball, clearly I love to watch it. It's incredible. These these female athletes are terrific. Could any women's college basketball team compete with a WNBA team? No. Couldn't come close. The best – and for years, people would say, you know, when – when UConn was crushing people in the first couple rounds of the tournament, you know they could beat a WNBA team. They, they, they say that about the University of Alabama football yeah, now in no. the NFL. It's a, it's it's an absurd argument. And if you truly watched pro sports or, or pro basketball, and again, this is no slight on the women's players in, in any way. They're in, just it, 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 at the top of Division One college basketball. We were taking the best players from uh, all over the world, yes. and then and then you take the best players. What the 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 fifteen best, maybe ten dozen best that make it a roster each year from the draft. Ten. Ten at the most. So so yes. you don't really have to know basketball. You just have to know math. You just have to know math. There's, you know, some WNBA players wear the shirts that say like one forty four. There aren't one hundred forty four women uh, playing in the WNBA because a lot of teams don't have eleven or twelve players on their roster. They have fewer than that. So. Just yeah, do the math. It's it's women's college basketball is amazing, wonderful. These athletes are incredible to watch. They cannot beat a WNBA team. Ain't gonna happen. But you were having this conversation with somebody who believed they could. No, 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 I wasn't. Um, I, I don't even remember how the conversation got there. I think they were just talking about how much they enjoyed uh, watching the WNBA, and then we started talking about college, and somehow the conversation got there. Uh, this next uh, Gmail, uh, by the way, the, 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 I should give out the address, right? Every once in a while. Ballandchainpod at gmail.com, right? Yeah. Uh, Steve and Rebecca writes, uh, Steve, 
though his his email address has him Steve N with a PH. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a V. I think we've discussed this before. I know, but you go by Steve. I know, but there's 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 your, real your email uh, address is Steve. There's N. real. Uh, there's no love loss between the PHs and the Vs. Is that in, a thing? In the, in the Stephen, no, it's Is not it like a thing. East Coast, West Coast I'm making rap. it up now, but I'd, I'd like it to be a thing. My dad was a Ph. Stephen, so I was. Yeah, I've told this. I wish before, you were was, a Ph.D. Stephen, or or a Ph. Balanced Stephen. <laughs> that would work too. Uh, if if my memory serves me correctly, writes Steve. Sometime this past summer, Atlanta's own DGS sent out what could best be described as a siren call for the Pods residents to participate with more letters. I hadn't written it. That's true. That's Your true. memory is serving you correctly. Yes. I hadn't written in some time and vowed then to heed the call and do so. But as with most things during COVID-19, the pandemic, my best intentions were thwarted by a busy work and family schedule, as well as, to be honest, pure procrastination. Mm. Well, we we know about that. I like that pure procrastination. It's mm-hmm. nice alliteration. It is. And it rhymes with pure procrastination. I have finally gotten current on the podcast and, vowing to be a better correspondent, wanted to reach out to first say hello and to thank you for keeping things going in spite of your busy work and family schedules. I thought he was going to say, in spite of your having nothing to talk about. But he didn't. He he zigged. Uh, Like many of your other listeners, I often find myself laughing out loud at the stories you share. My favorite of the past few months, by far, was Steve's description of his wait for AAA, during which, like any self-respecting product of the 70s, he gave an absolutely appropriate response to a bunch of smart-mouthed kids, a roughly half-masked flip of the bird. Perhaps not politically correct, but I know from experience that it does bring some measure of satisfaction. It absolutely does, Steve. I think I'm glad you recognize that. We mm. share that along with our sort of sharing a name. Next time, if you have to flip kids the bird after that happens, I want you to add a boom while you do it. Yeah. Kapow. And, 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 I'll, and I'll say to those 16-year-olds, don't you remember the Batman from the 60s? You know, <laughs> Burt Ward and Adam West. And then they'll, uh, they'll come back and hose me down with a fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I shall endeavor to better fulfill my correspondent duties all while measuring dry products and containers designed for liquids. Amen, Steve. Amen. Further, I will look forward to possible... Uh, a possible B and C podcast gathering in the Twin Cities. They're manifesting. Uh, they, they are. I mean, at the very least, a a um, a, a thirty six hour risk marathon at the at the Kathy from Torrington's board game uh, extravaganza mm-hmm. in her Airbnb. Until next time, I remain Steve, your intrepid northern suburban correspondent. Uh, thank you, Steve. Um, the northern suburbs of, uh, or just the suburbs of uh, the Twin Cities remind me that uh, the, uh, the Rolling Stones played at U.S. Bank Stadium this past uh, week, and Mick Jagger has been apparently uh, visiting local haunts on on this tour. He went to a dive bar in Charlotte and posted that on Instagram where he was being unrecognized standing outside the bar, and he claimed on stage this weekend, apparently, that he had been to both the 5'8", uh, club and and uh, Matt's to have Juicy Lucy's, the the cheese infused burger that both claim to have uh, have invented, and then wound wound up his evening at at Grumpy's Bar in Northeast Minneapolis and and had a surly and a grain belt and he was dropping all this local knowledge. Now there's no photographic evidence of having of him having been to any of these places. But I, I just—I like love it. that he's making yeah, that kind absolutely. of effort. Completely, and he seems to yeah. be really enjoying it, Denny. You think the Rolling Stones have a kid reporter that just finds all these local tidbits? He didn't go there. He just—they should. I mean, <laughs> but but somebody then posted, uh, tweeted a picture of Mick standing in front of Matt's because people were skeptical. That turned out to have been photoshopped, uh, but not before I texted it to my brother because mm-hmm. I, I asked him. It's not too far from where he lives. If he had run into Mick at Matt's, and he said no, he was in New York over the weekend, so he he didn't. But surely somebody will come forward. Uh, but how poignant and sweet and sad and kind of cool would it be if Mick is going to these places unrecognized, you know, because he's well, this makes me in think, a hat and he's, you know, pushing 80. I don't know how many years ago it was, but Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band were playing Wrenchler Field, which is our stadium where UConn football plays. And uh, is it in East Hartford, Connecticut? Yes, East Hartford, Connecticut. And, um, but he was it, playing People like, call it the rent, but I, I, I briefly tried to get a movement to call it the schlur. It, it didn't didn't go over. No. Um, but he was playing like, I don't know, four or five dates there. And um, 
And I remember, I think it might, might have been Chris Daly, um, but he was staying in the area and um, working out every day at this at this fitness place. And uh, and so people would see him, whether he's lifting weights or on the treadmill or whatever he was doing and um, and just like living his life, getting ready for the next show. And like you imagine walking into a like or if you're, if you're Denny or me walking into a, a fitness place. <laughs> when we're Springsteen fans and just, you know, seeing him over there on the treadmill and, and, or bench pressing or whatever. And, and there's a very good chance that Bruce is asking the, the 19-year-old at the front desk for a, a day pass, to purchase a right. day pass, and she has no idea who he is. I've kind of grown up with Springsteen just being around town, being from the shore. So it's like, it's not uncommon for him to get up at like the Wonder Bar or like, um, you know, my brother does the commercial aviation or not not commercial, but like a like a private plane and there's an airport right by, by my house. The amount of times we've just seen him coming or going, he's just like, hey, how's it going? Spring scene around town, very common at, at the Jersey Shore. And, and that's what's cool about, like, you know, people had all kinds of uh, sightings of prints and stuff around the Twin Cities, and these people who are world famous, but they're kind of, you know, left alone. They're sort of locals when they're yeah. When they're there's one place area. where they're locals, the only place that they're locals. But that's that's kind of cool. And I don't know, think we mentioned this on the podcast, but there's a picture a couple of weeks ago of Springsteen. Somebody had taken a picture of Springsteen and John Mellencamp walking together somewhere near the Jersey Shore, and the lady had said, uh, you know, in the paper that, you know, she asked Bruce for a picture, and this guy was also in the picture, or he pulled him into the picture. Or something she had no idea that it was. John Mellencamp, so it's it's got to be <laughs> kind of weird for him as well because that probably doesn't happen in, say, Bloomington, Indiana, where he's from. Uh, Rebecca and Steve writes George in Columbus. Hello, George. By Get ready. Way, Get ready for Denny's visit. I want to give George a shout out. He got a shout out on the radio on Sirius because uh, somehow monocles came up, and I was like, oh, I got a guy. I you do have a guy. <laughs> so, I, so, so George George was shouted out on Sirius XM. As Denny's monocle guy. As, as right. your monocle guy. Yeah. Was I mean, this you on, have to on, be something to have a monocle Was guy. this on NBA radio? Yes, it was. Well, Denny, do me and do George a favor, but really this would be for me. Get get it out there in the NBA world that there's a guy in Columbus, a monocle dealer. Yeah. So when teams are passing through Cleveland, <laughs> and and I, I can see... Monocles becoming a thing in the NBA. Super fashion forward. When they're right? doing their tunnel fits, that right. somebody can walk in with <laughs> their monocle. You know a guy in Ohio who, who, who was a monocle dealer. If we could just get LeBron to sort of start that, that right. trend. Help Ohio people guy. read the bottle of Lobo tequila or whatever <laughs> LeBron is uh, pushing. Yeah. Then uh, they, need it. they need the monocle. I think, I think George could then segue into strictly being like Jacob the Jeweler was back in the day. <laughs> Being the NBA diamond encrusted monocles, yeah, or just or, or that that might be uncomfortable on the eye, but you know, does it matter? No, it probably doesn't. Uh, Rebecca and Steve, congratulations on the fourth anniversary of your podcast. Is it the fourth anniversary already? Close. Oh wow! I think fourth. that either happened in the beginning of this month. Yeah, I think October first was our first. Well, but we didn't mark it in any way. It's been four years. Yeah. So we celebrate the podcast anniversaries the same way we celebrate our wedding anniversaries. We ignore them. <laughs> Somebody reminds us. And then us. we delay them, and then we forget about them. Oh, because 200 is rapidly approaching. Can you believe it? 200th episode. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> we, we can go into syndication now, right? And <laughs> yeah. just And just run reruns? Yeah. Rebecca and Steve writes, George and Columbus, congratulations on the fourth anniversary of your podcast. This anniversary is particularly noteworthy because Ball and Chain's four-year run now matches the, the longevity, on average, of Sherwood Schwartz's iconic sitcoms Gilligan's Island, three seasons, and The Brady Bunch, five seasons. That is fantastic. The Brady Bunch was only on for five seasons? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, in the final and season... And Gilligan's Island was on for four seasons? Three. In the final <laughs> season of The Brady Bunch, there's an episode, sort of Three's Company-like, where... There's a misunderstanding. Sam and Alice are going away for the weekend, and the kids overhear her talking, and they think she's eloping with Sam. So they have a big sort of wedding celebration for when she comes back, but they haven't eloped. Um, but we find out at the end of the episode that, that Sam has proposed to Alice. I think that was in the fourth season, and then it's never brought up again in, in the fifth season, or at least it's never brought up again, period. And, and uh, are they married? Were they married? Were they married after the Bradys? I, I don't know, but... but 
You know how much I loved those misunderstandings. Oh, you, Rebecca hates that more than anything. Yeah. I feel like that was me on this podcast. It's like I was here one episode, then like 150 bucks. That's right. What, what happened? And I was then, just written off. And then, and then all of a sudden, he's he was written like out. on the verge of getting engaged, clearly, yeah. if he's driving across <laughs> the then, 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 then when we need we sweeps week, he comes back with longer hair, a leather jacket. <laughs> right. And he's like the cool hey, spike. Yeah, different so. rims on his uh, on his Mini Cooper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But what, what, what Ball and Chain has in common with Gilligan's Island and the Brady Bunch more than uh, this longevity is iconic theme songs mm. for all three of these that you could sing along to and tells the narrative. One of Steve's many talents, writes George, ah, as a writer, is the ability to find historical connections between seemingly unrelated individuals or events. In planning this year's, but well, thank you, George, in planning this year's Pumpkin, I discovered that work on Mount Rushmore began in October 1927 and 90 years before the launch of your podcast in October of 2017. So this year's anniversary pumpkin, Mount Rushmore, is my attempt to honor and memorialize the founding fathers and mothers of the podcast. Like Washington, Jefferson, and Lincoln, the first three images, Steve, Rebecca, and Denny Gallagher, were automatic. But who deserves to be the fourth image? Who will be your Teddy Roosevelt? After considerable thought, and there is a photo attached, oh, no. and with sincere apologies to Dr. Gary Siegel, <laughs> Sam Farmer, Marty the Stop and Shop Robot, and both Golics, I chose Holly Rowe as the fourth image. <laughs> I hope this meets with your approval. As always, I am sending... I'm now Marv Albert. As always, I am sending the pumpkin your way. I hope it makes it in time for your trick-or-treat night. Happy Halloween. But there's pictures. George and Columbus, there is a picture, and it is it is phenomenal. I... Okay, it is so phenomenal. Oftentimes, I say I'm going to no, post gonna something on Instagram, this. and I don't. This is getting posted today. Me, you, Holly, Denny. It's it's spectacular, George. You've outdone yourself. This is unbelievable. Mount Rushmore. My only concern. Now, y- yesterday, Rebecca, we looked out the window and we saw our our younger dog, Kasha, tearing, tearing her canines into a into a package that had been thrown in the driveway, which turned mm-hmm. out to have a address in it. That you had ordered some clothes that you had ordered two jumpers we've had discussion about jumpers two jumpers that i was planning to wear for work yes and mm-hmm. I, I i had a good chortle about that until three hours later when i saw her eating another package that contained a book i had or- ordered from amazon yes. and that that didn't sit well with me so i my hope is that this pumpkin does not arrive by courier service and is left on our doorstep and and then our our uh, dog well, I think they usually come in a box. And, and if, so if, if she doesn't eat through boxes, she eats through packages. If 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 that happens, I'm hoping that that uh, he starts eating from the right end first and gets Denny. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, yeah. But anyway, George, this is this is spectacular. Um, as I've mentioned in the past, I already have a head like a rotting pumpkin. To have a head on a rotting pumpkin is 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 uh, a thrill. So thank you as ever. And uh, finally. That can leave only one more correspondent, and it is Dr. Gary Siegel. And if I know anything about Dr. Gary Siegel, I am certain he was at this weekend's U.S. Grand Prix in Texas. Shall we find out if I'm right? Let's find out. Dear Rebecca and Steve, it is the Monday morning after the U.S. Grand Prix, writes DGS, and I've just had the chance to listen to the podcast after Rebecca returned home from the WNBA Finals. There is much to talk about, best addressed in list form. Supporting pictures numbering three are attached as well. I, I like the uh, the sort of official memorandum that he's, he's mm-hmm. now, you know, uh, uh, numbering three attachments. One, our Odyssey began after landing in Austin where we picked up our rented Honda Odyssey. Ah, we know it well. Is that karma or what? Keen listeners know that the Russian family is on at least its second Honda Odyssey. I think it's about our fifth, right, mm-hmm. Rebecca? Mrs. DGS and I knew that the weekend would be great. Please see the attached pictures so um i'm now looking at uh, the picture that i'm looking at the first attachment is of a saran wrapped sandwich so i'm not sure how that uh plays into the i bet he'll tell us i, I bet he will oh no you know what the second picture is, is of the rented odyssey that's probably what i should have looked at first and that's uh, a white honda odyssey i believe that's the only color we haven't owned rebecca i think we did have a white did we one, have a white one? one okay I think so. maybe that's the one maybe it could be Honda sold it on to a rental agency, and Dr. Siegel is now driving the very vehicle that our kids uh, left various burritos in for months on end. Two, the logistics of attending the events at the racetrack are daunting. In normal circumstances, 
The Circuit of the Americas is about a 30-minute drive from our daughter's house, but the last three miles take around 30 minutes when 140,000 of your friends join you. And the pictures, uh, it was a sea of humanity. Wow. Thus, on day one of three, Friday, not only did I get an HSA dollar for an hour of morning aerobic exercise, but also a dollar for more than 10,000 steps and a dollar for frequency, my very first trifecta day of $3. Congratulations. I wonder if he can uh, hit the quinella if there's a fourth category for him. Please see the attached picture. Well, now now we get, and here's an attached picture, sadly not of Dr. Siegel uh, on a treadmill, but of his, of his uh, fitness app verifying what? 19,080 steps? I would say he smashed his, uh, his previous Crushed record it. if that's, if that's the case. Uh, okay, so I also got sore leg muscles and a partial sun sunburn since, of course, no one would have ever thought to have used sunscreen in the hot, deep heart of Texas. Three, unless you're in the most premium seats, we weren't. Bathroom and concessions access are not the same as a typical sports arena. Portable toilets and freestanding booths are the norm. Freestanding booths. What's a freestanding booth? I'm, I'm picturing like a like the uh, the injury tent in NFL games where where there's just sort of a voting booth surround curtain surrounding you, and then you. Yeah, I'm picturing a voting booth. Yeah, just uh, curtains and a can. I don't know. Uh, thus, my I hope pictures are not attached. <laughs> Thus, my son-in-law and I learned at the 2019 race to bring sandwiches and water bottles, which, oh, I, I think maybe he's talking about concessions, which weren't hard to get through the security folks, and there are huge water dispensers located in key areas. The news here is excellent. Please see the attached picture on how you can use evil plastic wrap discussed previously in the podcast in a manner that non-kitchen people can conquer. So, Dr. Siegel, that's why he enclosed this picture. So what he has done is he's he's stretched out the, the wrap. I think he's he's made it cling to the kitchen counter. And then when that's a flat surface, then he places the sandwich on it, and then he pulls it up from the counter. So he uses the counter as like a sticky surface, as a surface to stick the wrap to. His counter must be cleaner than ours. I, I think his counter is pristine. I think it's probably his his, uh, his uh, son-in-law's or his son's counter. Okay, Costco and Reynolds of Reynolds Wrap aluminum foil fame have a sliding guillotine-type cutter such that you can lay out on the kitchen counter the plastic wrap without it sticking to itself. Prepare the sandwich and then wrap it without using the normal expletives used when the plastic wrap clings to itself. This picture is attached and certainly could be placed on the Ball and Chain Instagram account. So this is a like a saran wrap hack. See, it is instead a, it, of just it, it like is. ripping it and trying to put it on something where it's then going to fold on itself, your own hands. you put it on the counter first because who cares about the counter side? That's not right. touching anything. Then put the sandwich or the item in it and then wrap it. And also our daughter t showed me recently that I, sh I should close that guillotine-like sawtoothed edge mm -hmm. inside the box while the plastic wrap is outside, and that, that makes for a better cut. And she was right. Which daughter told you that? Uh, our 15-year-old. Our oh, well done. So, yes, if anybody has any Reynolds wrap hack, hacks, please send them to Dr. Siegel, who will then forward them to us. Mm-hmm. Three, I'm sorry, four. I'm I'm out of order here. By the way, I love that he's he he enclosed a a, a sort of self waiver that you can post photographs of his saran wrap <laughs> right. on your Instagram account. Right. Four. Saturday qualifying was exciting, and my son and I were quite pleased to watch the Braves close out the National League Championship Series against the Dodgers. With apologies to friend of the pod Sam Farmer, we'll face those sign stealing Astros on Tuesday night after you record the podcast. That's correct, Doctor Siegel will be in heaven this week. The, the World Series, as we record this, starts tonight. Oh, we're at the World Series already. We are already at the World Series. Yes, your 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 uh, news blackout is now complete. <laughs> or that may say more about Major League Baseball. I know there was an I incredible um, Knicks game recently was it against Celtics you watched Celtics, the double yeah. overtime with me it was, it was the opening it was night a great game yes. I, I'm aware of that I'm not aware of the World well, Series well the the, uh, the World Series opens tonight at uh, in Houston the, the park where you have I pardon the sign the sign Steelers where you and I have enjoyed uh, more than one Astros game mm -hmm. and the major league we enjoyed the all-star game there didn't we yeah we did year? That's where the guy asked you at a concession stand if he could father your children because he was short and he needed to we elongate walking, his family tree. We were we we were walking on the concourse and yes, he did. Um, that was a suggestion he made. <laughs> and matter of factly, just like you just, just and, did there. And I said, "Hey, buddy, I'm standing right here." He's like, "Yeah." He, it, it was a it was a complete um, completely a scientific yeah um, request right. 
We, there was I, my, I very little romance children, involved. I need taller children, so that that was that. Five. It was also on Saturday that we <laughs> saw a few people, people bicy- now, bicycling way. to the it's race since my son-in-law normally cycles to work and has two bicycles. the process. As well as one for our daughter, we decided to park along with many racing fans in a residential neighborhood three miles from the track and cycle to the track. I assume it was side-by-side tandem bicycle, Dr. Siegel. Long story short, two hours saved on an easy 20-minute bike ride to and from the track where there even was a small parking area for bicycles. It's It's, nice, right? It's a great idea. I I, I don't know that that we can can, uh, qualify Formula One racing as sort of environmentally friendly, but... um, but, but that portion of it the was. bicycles offset the uh, the racing. Six TV streaming services and even radio, especially for baseball, all do a great job of bringing sports into the home. That said, the sounds, sights, and even smells of five racing cars, of live racing cars, are something to behold. And we'll be back next year and eventually go to a European race. Honda powered the winning car, and the races for the constructors and drivers championships are likely to be close to the very end. I know all I know about this this uh, U.S. Grand Prix was that. Red Bull's Max Verstappen, whose name I like to say almost as ludicrously as I like to say French names, won, and Lewis Hamilton finished second. What's the closest race track to us? Like, if if you wanted to go watch a Formula One race, well, there's, where there's, would it there's, be? There's, there's, in North America, there's only it's only in Canada, and the, the annual U.S. one now is in is in um, Austin. Oh, it's just. But I don't think it's coming to Hartford anytime soon. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was that limited. Uh, Seven, thanks to ESPN for race coverage and social media posts, as well as keeping Mrs. Russian busy, but helping her get to and fro, and especially for somehow helping her get home for a few hours of the youngest daughter's birthday. Bravo. Eight, finally, Steve, you continue to be resourceful and so clever with your ability to put together facts and trivia in articles such as your recent one on mediocrity. I think... I think uh, I've become one of the leading experts on mediocrity, Rebecca. Mm. I have a story in the current print issue of SI that was also posted online a few days ago on uh, teams uh, with 500 records because now in the NFL, as a 17-game is manspread to, to 17 games, their schedule, and so teams will no longer go 8-8. Eight, eight and eight. Mm-hmm. So they asked me to write about um, the sort of uh, mediocrity of the 500 record generally. With some historical examples, and I think I, I think in the spirit of that, I, I have succeeded and and have failed in that task. Now, is this something that if I put it on our a link on our um, Twitter feed, people could read, or is it like behind a paywall? No, 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 they could read it. Work? They could read it. Okay, well, no, but but I but make sure to do that. But only if they can read. <laughs> <laughs> I type as our flight delay gets longer. Writes Doctor Siegel. Although nothing like the travel Rebecca has experienced. Have a nice week, and along with others, I look forward to your kind sharing of your lives and a pleasant hour while listening to the podcast. I also hope that my lack of proofreading does not result in any errors. Best. Gary, Dr. Siegel, as always, thank you for your um, for your correspondence. Can I just add something since you're talking about flight delays? Because I was just talking to Holly Real today. And um, so she's doing some work uh, for the Utah Jazz local broadcast. And <laughs> I asked her because sometimes she's in a three-person booth and sometimes it's just her and the play-by-play. And she had her first game where it was just her and the play-by-play this past Friday and the game was in Sacramento. She was at um, she was in LA because her game, her football game on Saturday was at UCLA. So, you know, all day Thursday she's meeting with teams and coaches and stuff and, and Friday early in the day she's meeting with teams and coaches and then is flying up that morning to Sacramento to call the, the jazz game that night. And there were all kinds of flight issues and flight delays. So I said to her today, I said, so how did your first game go as, you know, in just the two-person booth? She said, well, I came in hot and arrived at the beginning of the second quarter, just as one of the jazz players was getting ejected. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute, what? And so she had had all these delays. And um, this game is, uh, yeah, so Friday night. And so she didn't want to risk then Saturday morning trying to get back to L.A., so as soon as the game ends, after she calls three of the four quarters, she got into a car, drove for five hours back to L.A. so that she wouldn't have any issues because obviously her priority is the uh, the college football game on Saturday night. Um, but I, I was just like, this is this is that's, something that's just Holly Rowe. That's why she deserves to be mortalized on a pumpkin. Yeah, without question. By the way, Dr. Siegel adds a P.S., Surely Steve knows, 
And somebody else mentioned this to me as well on a text that when I mentioned on the previous podcast, the passenger on the wing in the famous Twilight Zone episode, not the passenger, the monster on the wing, and the, mm-hmm. that the passenger looking out at the wing was William Shatner. Oh, really? William Shatner, newly shot into space, 90-year-old. Did he William return Shatner. safely? Yes, of course he returned safely. Again, part of your, your news blackout I of knew the last he was, 10 years. I didn't know it had happened. I knew he was going it, to go into, into space. I did not way. know that it already happened. He did return safely, though you didn't realize that. Had he not returned safely, even you would have heard about it. No, no, I would have not. No, I I just didn't know that he had already gone into space. I knew he was going to be. I didn't know that he had. But I'm glad he's returned because I like (laughs) William Shatner. On that note, we don't have to say for producer Danny Geller. He can say it for himself. I mean, that's kind of awkward to talk to the third person, but I guess that's his podcast for myself. And myself. And and myself. Tom DeCari. Play (laughs) Play us out. out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.